Well, week 10 was a week of a lot of big storylines. We don't have time to break them all down, but we're here to talk about some of the biggest ones as well as some of the games heading into next week. Welcome to the Goal Line Fade Podcast. Before we talk about more of the, the news-related items, um, I think we just need to debrief what an amazing game that the Cardinals and Bills game was, and specifically the last play with DeAndre Hopkins catching that pass, um, you know, that Hail Mary in the end zone from Kyler Murray, that was just uh, absolutely amazing. And it was um, something, I don't know about you, Daniel, but I saw it all over my social media fa- uh, feed every day since then. And I have to say, it, it's one of those plays that uh, we're going to remember for a long time. That was super cool to see this past weekend. Like, DeAndre Hopkins really has just played to... And, and we all knew it. Like, DeAndre Hopkins has been an amazing receiver for a long time, but he's just played to such an incredibly high level in that Cardinals offense. Like, it felt like, you know, there was no better fit for him than Deshaun Watson. Like, that trade was going to be, you know, crippling to, to Watson for sure, and maybe to him. Like, they had the strong chemistry, but... He has clicked with Kyler Murray in such a big way. Um, and I mean, that, that play was just so indicative of, um, of that connection. And it's been like that all season. And on top of that, they dropped the Bills to 7-3. and three. Buffalo's been on a real slide. They, they went from being such an intimidating team to now, um, you know, I'm, I'm starting to wonder if this is even going to be a 10-win team when all is said and done. Yeah, you're right. It does bring a lot of implications to the AFC East where, not only do we have the Bills that have a decent record, but you're right, like trending downward, but we have the Miami Dolphins who are on the upward climb too. They're now 6-3 and three and have been 3-0 and oh with Tua. I have to say that I'm kind of impressed, well, I'm very impressed with the way the, the Dolphins are playing, especially how well their defense is playing. They've got a lot of names on the offensive side of the ball that you would expect to play rather well, but the fact that their defense is playing as well as they are, um, it just goes to show, I think, how... They've transitioned from early last year where they were the laughing stock of the league to now being one of those teams that could win their division. It's uh, It's been quite a, a year and a half for the Dolphins, we'll say. Yeah, I didn't really imagine this as um, even a, a potential story to think about, right? The, the Dolphins and winning the AFC East. I think we all saw that they were a surprisingly strong team early on, but wow, have they They've really, um, with Tua, even though like it, it's not like he's been... Um, you know, the best quarterback in the league. He's, he's gotten the job done for the most part. But yeah, they've just, they've peaked at the right time. And, and it's a legitimate possibility that, that Miami actually manages to win the AFC East. Yeah, exactly. And um, I mean, sometimes that's, that's all it takes is your quarterback playing well enough. But it's, they have so many playmakers in that offense that have stepped up. And I mean, Preston Williams has gone down, but we've seen guys like, um, Grant step up in their offense there. Devontae Parker stepped up. Um, Mike Jacecki, like there's the running back situation is really weird as well with the amount of injuries that have happened there and them um, parting ways with Jordan Howard now. But it seems like whoever shows up in the Miami Dolphins lineup on a weekly basis is, um, you know, putting up numbers and, and coming out to play, helping them win games. So it's been quite impressive to watch them. And I think that because they don't have the pressure, like the Bills had all the pressure in the AFC this year. The Dolphins didn't, and so it's it's interesting to see how their seasons are very similar looking at this point in time, but how I think the Dolphins have received more optimism than the Bills up to this point, for sure. Um, one thing that I'm, I'm interested to see going into the next couple weeks, though, is, I don't know if you heard about this, or, or I don't, you might know more information than me, but the last I saw was that Drew Brees has a bunch of fractured ribs or, or things along those lines as well i have to say the saints were another team that were heating up very similar to the dolphins and now i'm very concerned as far as what's going to happen to them i mean they have the lead over the division uh there against the bucks what happens to them with drew Brees now potentially missing time yeah punctured lung cracked ribs like that is uh, that is absolutely brutal and all of a sudden you're you're going from you know one of the one of the best quarterbacks at not turning over the ball to, to Jameis Winston. Um, and that is, oh boy, is that a switch? And, and I, yeah, the, the length of the injury is a big question. And guys have played through this before. I, I specifically remember Tony Romo playing through cracked ribs at, at some point a few years ago. It, it's doable, but um, Drew Brees is older and already has kind of been hampered just by his age. His arm strength hasn't been there. And um, there've been a few other issues. So 
this is really, really bad for the Saints at a time when the Bucks, um, though they have been in- inconsistent, have really started to heat up, especially with the addition of Antonio Brown now. Um, they, they really need to keep winning games, and losing your star quarterback is um, not a really, really good way to keep doing that. Yeah, for sure. And there's a couple other teams that had beat-up quarterbacks over this weekend as well. I, I noticed Teddy Bridgewater um, might miss some time with an injury. Um, Nick Foles was sort of questionable. He had a, a knee injury on Monday night that they didn't know what that was going to mean if Trubisky was going to come back in the lineup. So it seems like some of the some of those teams that um, are sort of in the running or sort of not. It looks like, yeah, I, I mean, this is the time when we're seeing those quarterbacks start to go down, and you know, seasons really change dramatically when starting quarterbacks go down. And I mean, yeah. Let's let's just be totally honest. Like the the Bears have had a, a bit of a meltdown after um, such a ridiculously strong start. Um, actually, sorry, I can't remember the right. Oh yeah, they're five and five now. weren't they five and zero at one point? Like I think just, I was just gonna say that. Yeah. Yeah, just a brutal meltdown. The, the the loss there doesn't matter. The Panthers haven't been like. Yes, it matters when your quarterback goes down, but but when let's be real, you're not really a threat. Like. It's just another story, but it's not Still a huge deal for anyone. Running, teams. I guess, though. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Minnesota's be. been on the rebound too. I mean, they they played this weekend. You get Minnesota jumping up to to four and five, and Chicago dropping to five and five with that game. Like, I don't know. Like, you might have some of those storylines, especially if this new what, what the thing the owners pass now, where if games are missed, they'll add an extra playoff team per division. Like, yeah. suddenly those lower records, these guys could be could be reaching into two playoff spots. Yeah, it's it's true, right? Then I mean, the NFC is fierce. It's very competitive right now. But for those teams that are s- still sort of in the running, um, it feels like a, a big deal when they lose their quarterback for sure. But um, on on quarterback, still, um, I, I I know this is something that excites you quite a bit, and I think it's it's really cool. I didn't follow the Alex Smith storyline as much as I believe you did, but it's super cool to see him back for his first start in the NFL after his. Um, you know, very uh, like terrible. I'm not sure what horrific knee injury. Like it was that like bad. There were there was actually potential that he was going to die. Yeah, yeah. It is. Um, I mean, it's it's the story, right? And um, you know, Alex Smith. He, you know, he might not have anything left, and, and I think he was actually kind of impressive um, for his first start back. I mean, he threw 55 pass attempts. Um, somehow managed no touchdowns with that. But, you know, Alex Smith at his peak was it was a pretty good NFL quarterback. He wasn't a star by any means. He was the best game manager in the league, I think, by a pretty wide margin. And, um, you know, this might be this, this could be his only start of the season. And I, I think we can pretty much be sure that we've seen who the NFL comeback player of the year is going to be. Um, yeah, it's just a crazy storyline to come back from what he had to to have almost like essentially I had an injury that literally could have killed him to, I think, 17 surgeries to repair it, um, you know, to get a little bit of game time and other games because of injuries, and then to come back and start a game. And it sucks that Washington um, couldn't pull this one out against Detroit. But, uh, you know, it, the story is worth it. The whole, like, and, and just the little, the humor in it. Um, there was a story that came out that Alex Smith, in order to, um, to learn how to be a quarterback who didn't use his legs very much, watched film of Phillip Rivers. <laughs> I saw that. To to. Yeah, because Alex Smith actually used to be a relatively mobile quarterback, especially for the era he played in. So that's funny that he would have to go back and uh, essentially unlearn how to be like that. I'm pretty sure I saw that, like a post like that on Instagram, and I thought it was like a, a meme account or something along those lines, like making fun of Philip Rivers. I didn't understand it, but yeah, it's kind of funny that, <laughs> that he picked on Philip Rivers. That he could have looked at, you know, Peyton Manning, could have looked at Tom Brady, but Philip Rivers of all people was quite interesting. So, yeah, good for him going back to the the archives and pulling that out. <laughs> and then too, I think um, one of the other huge stories coming out uh, today, and and I, it has well, I don't know if it resulted in it, but. Um, we also had it come out that there were massive new COVID restrictions coming up in the NFL, but eight of the Raiders defensive starters are currently on the COVID list. And this is a team that, um, yeah, is, is kind of um, in, a, in a need to keep winning, right? Sitting at six and three, but to lose 
eight defensive starters. And I, I honestly don't totally understand the COVID rules, but I think that that means they're almost certainly not going to play this Sunday. That's going to be a very, very crippled defense. Yeah. And I don't quite understand it. I'm not quite willing to say that they'll be without all those starters because um, so this is kind of interesting. I was, uh, if you follow Ian Rapport on Instagram, on his Instagram stories, he'll, he'll post quite often. And it'll be him talking to different storylines, um, you know? And so one of the storylines was him talking about two Dolphins starters, one of them being Kyle Van Noy that weren't going to play this past weekend because they were being put on the COVID list, but who played Sunday, but Kyle Van Noy. So I'm really not sure. I think it's quite a fluid situation. All these guys are on the COVID list because they came in close contact with someone who did test positive. But I think if they have two negative tests within um, or outside of 24 hours from each other or apart, 24 hours apart or something along those lines, I think that they would be eligible to return. So I think that like the NFL is making it possible that putting these guys on the COVID list doesn't mean ruling them out for this week. But okay. I mean, if they can't show up to the facility for the week, just think about that. They may not be able to practice all week, and then they're going and facing a you know a Kansas City Chief team that will have time to practice over the course of the week. So regardless, it does mean that the Raiders most likely will be, um, you know, facing a, an uphill climb this week against the Chiefs. Yeah, like it's almost just as crippling to not have that practice time. Like, yeah, whether they can play or not aside, mm-hmm. I mean, we saw it when the Patriots um, came back from just that whole mess of of missing um, practices and uh, like they were just a horrible team when they, when they came out and played again after that, you know, practice is obviously a huge thing in the NFL. So um, it's it's a bad time for the Raiders who, um, yeah, just, they, they need to keep winning. They're definitely in the running for a playoff spot, but they're the wild card in the AFC is going to be a race this year. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, I can't think of any better transition to talk about, our next division, the AFC West, than than that. So, uh, not starting with the Raiders, but starting with the Kansas City Chiefs um, at eight and one in that division. Um, I think it makes sense just to talk about them, talk about what's you know behind their success this year, talk about maybe what's holding them back from being more successful, and ultimately the potential that we think that they have for the remainder of this season. And um, honestly, looking at the amount of points that they put up per game at thirty one point eight. It's hard for me to not um, applaud this offense once again, you know, however many times we've actually done that over the course of this podcast. Um, Their offense is just fantastic and their defense doesn't have to be fantastic, although they are quite a strong defense. And um, it's hard to find weakness when it comes to this Kansas City Chiefs team. Yeah, I mean, you want to talk about potential for the rest of the season. We know this is... um very much a, a, a team that could legitimately repeat and get two in a row here. They are just an absurdly good football team. And we all know, like, that it's not a crazy storyline. Uh, their best player is their quarterback. And, like, Patrick Mahomes this year has just continued, um, you know, maybe not as flashy as he has. I think people have almost gotten used to him and it's almost ruined some of the fun. But um, remember, like, the days of gunslingers being, like, Oh, you know, if if you're a gunslinger, it means you're gonna throw a lot of picks, right? Like that's gonna, you're gonna throw a lot of touchdowns, but you're gonna you're probably gonna get picked off a lot. Nine games Brett in, Favre. Mahomes has one interception. Oh yeah, Brett Favre is a perfect example. Twenty five touchdowns, one pick. Nine games in, um, this offense is obviously like stacked. Clyde Edwards Hilaire has um, in in not a crazy amount of action, but. Uh, he's he's played very very well. Le'Veon Bell, of course, is a pickup they made, and he hasn't even had to do very much. Um, Travis Kelsey is is quietly having one of the better seasons of his career. I think this actually might what nine games in, he might be on pace for the best season of his career at age thirty. He's a leading receiver. Yeah, yeah, fifty eight catches, seven sixty nine, and six touchdowns. Um, so yeah, it won't be. He probably will not surpass. It is the best tight end season or best tight end season in the league right now. But yeah, this is a team that um, we've known from, from day one was going to be a a legitimate threat Um, offensively. They're they're second in points for second in yards defensively, six in points against 14 in yards. Um, Good offense, good defense, just, yeah, such, such, such a good team. And, uh, and I think everybody has to realize that they are, 
primed to be in that top two, top three, top four teams in, in the league this year as they fight it out for the Super Bowl. I know they play each other this week. I guess my question would be, is there anyone in the AFC that poses a threat? Or, sorry, is there anyone in their division that poses a threat first? And then is there anyone in their conference overall that poses a threat to them repeating as, I mean, AFC champions and then ultimately Super Bowl champions? It feels like they're sort of expected to be, you know, the the representatives from the AFC this year and the Super Bowl champions. Like, I think a lot of people have sort of said, um, like, it's failure if they don't reach that just because of the short offseason and the amount of players that they returned. But in your mind, do you think that they have a, like, is it a failure if they don't do that? Are there others out there that challenge them? Like, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, within the division, we're just talking about Las Vegas. Um, that team, I, I mean, eight and one and six and three are actually like closer than they feel. Um, but I, I just don't think the Chiefs are going to lose enough games to really give Las Vegas a legitimate shot at taking the division. Um, but within the conference, I mean, we have talked over and over about how uh, terrifying Pittsburgh is. I mean, they're nine and zero. They're they're exceptional. Um, they're they're not a team to be messed with. And, and I think they're probably the only team in the AFC that Kansas City really has to be scared about um, on a week to week basis, right? We all know any given Sunday, anything can happen in the NFL. But toe to toe, I think Pittsburgh can play with them. Any other team should lose to Kansas City. So. No one would be surprised to see a KC Pittsburgh AFC Championship. I think that's kind of what we're looking at. Um, but yeah, I don't know if you if you think there's any other teams that could maybe push them. Well, I think that there's a couple teams in the AFC that are interesting. The Steelers are, are by far the number one team that I think poses a challenge to them, just with how good their defense is, and um, if they do have a way of stopping Patrick Mahomes, and if their offense can play effectively and if Big Ben can effectively play against that defense I think that the Steelers have a very good chance to uh to upset the Chiefs um but looking at the other teams that they would have um or that they would be in competition with right if we looked at the the playoff situation today I think the Bills are interesting um I don't necessarily know if they have what it takes to beat the Chiefs but I think the Bills are one of those teams that like you said like any given Sunday they could come out and play you know, unbelievably, and they played absolutely fantastic a couple of weeks ago against the Seahawks. And yes, the Seahawks have a terrible defense, but um, you know, every once in a while, Josh Allen has one of those games where you're thinking to yourself, "Wow, this guy's amazing." And so, if that game was to come against the Chiefs, I could see an upset there. I don't necessarily think the Colts have the firepower on offense in order to do that, so I would rule them out, despite the fact that their defense is as good as it is. I think the Raiders have a shot. Whenever we see two teams play each other from the same division, there's always a little bit more competition than just a six and three and eight and one team if they were in the same conference. You know, there's always a little bit more there. Um, and the Dolphins and Ravens are both interesting teams as well. I'm not sure how I feel about them taking on the Chiefs, but it does feel like to me that earlier in the season, we might have been more on the, the Chiefs bandwagon as far as repeating but i don't know a lot of these teams have me at least considering the fact that they could upset the chiefs which is not something i i would have thought i'd be saying you know four or five weeks ago yeah and i guess we, we really should move on to the raiders pretty quickly here but i guess um because of how and, and maybe i'm crazy i just feel like it's been quietly that the chiefs have have hit eight and one um i do wonder if maybe there will be some some surprises down the stretch like maybe this team does still finish 13 and 3 you know they drop a couple of games maybe they drop one of the Raiders right like I don't know I, I think that they likely are a juggernaut but I'm not fully convinced that this team is like Super Bowl threat number one either yeah for sure so then what about the Raiders um we we mentioned yeah they're a team that is very much in the run for, for a wild card spot in the AFC along with, oh goodness, one, two, three, four, five other six and three teams at the moment. Um, but they've been surprisingly good. They've been uh, really competitive. Obviously now they're having this defensive issue, but Derek Carr has had efficient um, season, I guess. Nothing crazy, but, but good enough. Josh Jacobs has had a bit of a down year after how much he impressed last season, but um, on the whole, the, the Raiders just, just kind of keep winning games and, um, you know, not necessarily on the on the efforts of any 
you know, crazy star players. Darren Waller, I think, was was really loud early in the season, but has kind of quieted down. And um, really, just a uh, an all around okay football team that that just kind of keeps winning. I don't know. I, I feel like that it's it's bad, but that kind of feels like all that I can say about them. They they are just quietly good with with no stars to really speak of. Well, I think the interesting thing about this Raiders team, though, is. Um, and I feel like a broken record saying this, but they set out in the draft to get faster, or not just the draft, but in the offseason, I should say, to get faster, um, specifically at the receiver position, but also on their defense, right? Every pickup that they made that we highlighted over the course of the offseason was to get faster, to be a greater competitor to the Chiefs. And I think that that's where they knew they needed to uh, improve. So you mentioned Darren Waller, and he's a, you know, a great tight end, has played very well over the course of this year when we're talking about you know the how well tight ends play in the NFL there aren't too many tight ends that are lighting it up this year um what I think is interesting to highlight is um, look at a guy like Nelson Aguilar you know was um sort of cast out of Philadelphia and you know was known for dropping the ball was an inconsistent receiver just was not reliable the Raiders have taken this guy and in the nine games that they've played he has 18 receptions, which doesn't sound all that impressive, but <laughs> he has five touchdowns on those 18 receptions, you know? And so that's what's really impressive to me is I think what the Raiders have found guys that know how to beat the defenses down the field. Um, you look at, you know, Jerry Judy, who they got in the draft, or sorry, um, Henry Ruggs, who they got in the draft, 13 catches, um, 251 yards, right? He's almost averaging 20 yards per catch. He, he does only have one touchdown, but I think the reality of it is these guys, are the the spark to their offense, right? They they didn't have that last year. They were missing that ability to score quick if they needed to. And I think that that's been a big um, point that I've been impressed with over the course of this year is they have the guys to do that. Hunter Renfro is another great contributor. It's not like he's putting up big numbers, but I mean, 29 receptions, almost 400 yards and two touchdowns. Like it seems like they've got the fast, the quick, the agile guys in their offense that when they need a big play, they have one. And you're right, Josh Jacobs isn't having the greatest year, but it seems like whenever they're giving him the ball, he's, um, you know, he's he's having effective games, I want to say. Eight touchdowns is, is pretty impressive, right? So um, anyways, it's not like, the, you know, the stats jump off the paper. It's not like there's one guy that's absolutely lighting it up, but I think each one of the guys that they acquired to do their specific role um, have absolutely done their role, and that's why they're a 6-3 and three football team right now. And that's just on the offensive side of the ball. Like, what do you see as this team's, like, absolute peak? Like, is this a team that, that could get hot and win a Super Bowl? Or is this a team that's just kind of fighting to, A, win themselves a fan base in Las Vegas, and B, really tell the league that, that they need to be um, thought of as a, as a threat down the stretch? Well, I think it's that's an interesting question. Because I, I do think because of the threat that they pose to the Chiefs, just being division rivals, there's always a little bit more um, tension in in those games, right? That's just the way it is. Um, I think that they do have a chance specifically because of that. I'm not ready to say that they're a Super Bowl team, but it wouldn't surprise me if they were a team that went on a Tennessee Titans type run from last year. It wouldn't surprise me if they make it to the AFC Championship game. I mean, that's that's going a bit being a bit ambitious here, but I could see that being the the max where I would I would give them. I don't think they make it to the Super Bowl. I don't think they're a legit Super Bowl candidate, but it would not surprise me to see them win one or two playoff games and get into a position where they are fighting for a, a chance in the Super Bowl. I know that you're, you're much more critical of them than I am, but where, what do you think that, uh, what's their potential in your eyes? Yeah, like, like I think, I mean, any team is capable of getting hot and it's just, um, it's going to be a matter of if their playmakers can really be playmakers, right? Can, um, can Henry Ruggs, you know, step up and have more than 13 catches in seven games played. Like that's what, what we're going to want to see is, is these guys um, need to really just right. Henry Ruggs is supposed to be a Tyree kill. He's supposed to be getting six catches for a hundred yards and a touchdown every game. So I think that's what we need to see from them. If they really want to compete at a super high level. Fair enough. Yeah. But I mean, the fact that Derek Carr is playing as efficient as he is, is a good thing too. 16 touchdowns, two interceptions. I think that that touchdown to interception ratio for Derek Carr is amazing. And one of the reasons why this team is also as good as they are. Um, I, I, I'd i be um, mad at myself if I didn't mention though, 
their leading tackler, Corey Littleton, was someone that they signed in the offseason from the Rams. And I think that that was an underrated signing, to be honest. Um, you know, three tackles for loss, and he doesn't have any crazy stats other than that. But I think he's been a great contributor to that defense. You look at LaMarcus Joyner, um, you look at Nick Kwiatowski, guys that they picked up over the past couple of years, or I mean, mostly this offseason. Um, I think that Mike Mayock, whatever he's doing, is is sort of working at this point in time. And as far as I'm concerned, um, yeah, the Raiders are a very interesting football team. But uh, I guess we should probably move on to the the less um, attractive or the less successful teams that are in this division and that most likely we won't be talking about going into the playoffs this year. Man, Denver, I just, I had such high hopes. There's, there's so much disappointment. I don't even, I'm not a Broncos fan, but I just have been so disappointed um, for their sake. Like they just, they, they were supposed to be a, a really good threat, right? Drew Locke was supposed to develop and, and play really well. And that hasn't happened. And um, this was supposed to be the year that Cortland Sutton really established himself as an all-star and, and got hurt and wasn't able to. And, um, yeah, Jerry Judy and Noah Fant have been kind of quiet, bright spots looking into the future. Deshaun Hamilton has, has shown uh, some stuff. Uh, but that's kind of all there is to say about this team. In- injuries just dismantled their season. Yeah, it's true. Before the season started, Von Miller was done for. Um, you mentioned Cortland Sutton already, but you know, he was going to be the number one guy, and Jerry Judy has nicely stepped up in his place, actually. But Drew Locke has been dealing with injuries all year, and I actually think that he's um, banged up and I think questionable for this week as well. So, yeah, right. he's been like, bad. Has Not just hurt, he's been bad. I don't necessarily... Yeah, yeah, it's true. Seven touchdowns, 10 interceptions. Not great. 55 um, completion percentage, 55 too. 55% completion percentage. Not great. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Norman has been all that fantastic in the eight out of nine games that he's played. Philip Lindsay has not been great. When we talked about this team in the offseason, we were thinking that they would have a two-headed monster um, from the running back position, that they would have a plethora of receiving options, that Drew Locke was on the climb up. We thought that he might be someone that we see emerge into star status this year, potentially. And obviously that was quite ambitious, but it wasn't just us that had those projections for them, right? Uh, or for Drew Locke specifically, but also the Broncos. And so... I have to say that all the the points were going into the season. I was optimistic for the Broncos. I've been greatly disappointed. And I think that that um, is something that you would probably say as well, since most of our thoughts going into the season about the Broncos were relatively similar, I think. Yeah, I thought this was a team to to really be looking forward to and really be excited for. So um, just a disappointing season overall. I do legitimately hope that they can kind of piece things back together in the offseason, that Von Miller, that Cortland Sutton can come back stronger and that this team can be a real threat next year. Maybe someone um, like Las Vegas to really push Kansas City in this division and make them either get better or, or you know, potentially lose the division. Who knows? Yeah, exactly. And the, the defensive numbers have, I mean, haven't been all that special either that it's not like their defense was expected to be all that great they made a lot of moves in the offseason they got aj boye they got um jarell casey i believe and there was a, a couple others um that they went out and got to sort of make their defense a little bit more experienced have a little bit more strength but the reality of it is that they just they have been plagued with injuries and just have not played to the potential that was set out for them um from the beginning of the year so um Honestly, I think that that's a pretty fair summation of their season. And um, the fact that they're, what, three and six at this point in time isn't great. But considering the injury, like, if you're a Bronco fan, you have to see some points of optimism, potentially, considering all the, the um, you know, rough spots that we've highlighted. But I got to be honest, they're not the team that I'm looking forward to talking to or looking forward to talking about most. Um I'll be honest, the team that I was most looking forward to talking about when it comes to this division was by far the Chargers. Okay, you've got me curious now, because I don't think there's much to be excited about with the Chargers, so, so you got to start on this one, then. Um, I'm not sure if you've seen this stat, Daniel, but I think there are only three teams in the league this year that have lost all of their games by 
seven points or less, or there was some stat along those lines, or eight points or less, something along those lines, and one of those teams was the Chargers, okay? I, I think it's not just this year, but it's every year that the Chargers have, you know, a pretty good team. Um, they're competing. They're constantly competing, but at the end of games, they just seem to lose, right? We don't want to compare them to the Falcons, but they're similar, right? In a lot of games that they were in, they had a chance to win the games. It's not like they're getting blown out by any means. I mean, let's look at their schedule and, and look at some of the games, okay? So they lost to the Chiefs by three points in week two. They lost to the Panthers by five points in week three. They lost to the Buccaneers by seven, the Saints by three, the Broncos by one, the Raiders by one, both on last play type efforts, the Dolphins by eight points this past week. Like the reality of it is, all the Chargers losses have been close games. And so maybe their stat lines don't reflect it, but this is a, a, a very um, exciting football team to me. Justin Herbert as a rookie, 60, almost 67% completion percentage, over 2,000 yards. And is, I mean, he's gotten 19 touchdowns to six interceptions. That's a, like, that's, this isn't the easiest quarterback situation to come into. And he's absolutely thrived. Um, unfortunate for Terod Taylor, who, you know, it wasn't his fault that he's injured or, I mean, it wasn't even a football injury. It, was it literally wasn't his fault. He got stuck by a it, doctor. Honestly, and that's, I don't mean to be rude, but that's kind of Terod Taylor's career, it seems. It's just like the flukiest things happened to him. And like Baker Mayfield came out and started when Terod Taylor got hurt um, in Cleveland. And I'm trying to think, who was it in Buffalo? There was someone else in Buffalo, EJ Manuel. Like, it's just, it's crazy. It seems like every single time that he has a starting gig, it gets taken away from him for whatever reason. Um, sometimes poor performance, but anyways, feel bad for the guy. Um, their running back situation has been a little all over the place. They've had, you know, injuries, but guys have stepped up. Austin Eckler has been hurt for a long time, but I think I saw him working out the other day and it looks like he could be back soon, but you got Justin Jackson there. You got Kalen Balazs, who's a really good looking name right now. Um, especially in fantasy, you've got, uh, Pope in the running back position as well. Joshua Kelly, like it seems like their running back situation has been, um, running or committee what is that saying um running back by committee yeah and i mean honestly i love keenan allen he's on one of my fantasy teams and um just such a fun player to watch so reliable the fact that he has he has 65 receptions in nine games blows me away almost 700 yards and five touchdowns so i have to say daniel that um i know we're just talking about offenses but their defense has been plagued with injuries um so i won't talk too much about their defense at this point but these guys have got me really excited in the future. And I think that they have the highest potential out of any team in this division. That's not the chiefs. Wow. That was got me excited for the chargers. And I didn't care about them about three and a half minutes ago. So I, I like hear all that. And honestly though, I, I've been watching football consistently since 2011. And I feel like what you just said tends to be the story of the chargers every year. And that's that they're so close, but just can't put it together. Um, it's become a, a bit of a habit of theirs. And um, yeah, Justin Herbert, you're right, has been a huge bright spot for this team. It, the, the thing to be excited about for this team, for sure. Um, he's, he's looked just really, really impressive. Um, of course, Austin Eckler, um, had it not been for, for this injury, he'd probably be having a pretty strong season. Yeah, defensively, like you said, they have, they have guys who have been... Um, I mean, just like good, good players. Melvin Ingram has been good for a long time, but he's missed some games. Um, obviously, you know, Joey Bosa is, is one of the best um, at his position in the league dealing with a concussion right now, though. Um, Chris Harris is older now, and he hasn't played. Or see on IR, what happened to Chris Harris again? Um, so, yeah, another team that's, that's definitely had some injury issues. But the Chargers, like you said, I think have the pieces to eventually be good. I think at, at two and seven this season is a write-off, but um, there's there's always next season and another off season to develop for for a young Justin Herbert. And um, yeah, who knows what this team could be? This division really has the potential to be a very competitive very quickly if things fall the right way. Yeah, I think it it could be similar to what we're seeing in the NFC West that we talked about a couple weeks ago, right? These guys um, could be three playoff teams in the AFC. That's just how good these teams are, that it is a, a very possible future. That's for sure. Um, I will say as well, I believe it's Kenny, Kenneth Murphy. Ugh, gosh, I can't talk. Kenneth Murray Jr. Um, their rookie from this year has the second most tackles um, 
for the Chargers defense. So that's got to be a bright spot as well. Both the guys they took in the first round this year have panned out uh, with great success. So um, if you're a Chargers fan, know this isn't the year. And every year that you think the next year will be the year. Um, but in, in reality, I think that um, everything that we've just highlighted is uh, a lot of reason to believe that this will be a very good football team over the course of the next two to five years. So then, yeah, that division broken down and, and seeing um, yeah, just some of the excitement they could have. Uh, there's a divisional game coming up this week in that with those top two teams, and it's um, one that's 100% worth talking about. That is the Chiefs and the Raiders. And uh, this game could have huge implications, especially if the Raiders can somehow pull out a win. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that would move the Raiders to, what, 7-3, and three, the Chiefs to 8-2. and two. Right away now they're within one game and the Raiders would have the um, the leg up on the Chiefs, right? If they did come down to a tie, the Raiders would get that tie. Um, so ultimately, it's there's a lot on the line in this game and it is in Las Vegas, right? The first game when the Raiders actually beat the Chiefs 40-32, to 32, that was in uh, Kansas City at Arrowhead. So the reality is that um, the Raiders have a lot of reason to believe that they can win this game and a lot of uh, momentum will be built up if they win this game for sure. Yeah, this one is, um, it, it could be uh, a defining moment in this Raiders season where they beat the Chiefs, especially if they beat them in a convincing way. And I think um, at that point, yeah, they, A, have a huge potential of winning the division because you have those two games over Kansas City, an even record, and, and you get it. So who do you think, if the Raiders are going to win this game, just like one player who needs to really step up and do something for them to take it? Who do you think that is? The way that we just talked about the Raiders team, I feel like I would say they're the Raiders receiving core um, or Josh Jacobs. I think that either needs to be uh, very effective, but ultimately I'm going to side with the, the receiving core in general. Um, I think that they need to be dynamic. They need to be, um, making big plays, and if they do fall behind at any point in that game, that receiving core is going to be essential to them climbing back into this game and, uh, you know, trying to claw their way back to victory or, you know, maintaining uh, space between them and the Chiefs. So ultimately, that's the group that I would go with. But which group would you go with? Or sorry, which player would you go with? I think, I mean, you look back to the, the first game where the Raiders managed to beat Kansas City, and I think the the player who stepped up then has to be the player to step up this week, and that's Derek Carr. He had such a good game against them, 22 of 31, 347 yards, three touchdowns and a pick. Uh, Henry Ruggs had his uh, huge 72-yard touchdown against them. Um, those are the kind of stats we need to see again. It needs to be Derek Carr not just being efficient, but being dangerous, being a weapon for that team. Uh, that, I think, is how the Raiders could pull this out and really give themselves an actual shot at winning this division. So ultimately, who do you think wins this game? Uh, like, I, I can't bet against the Chiefs. I, I just, for, <laughs> for, for fantasy reasons, because I need Mahomes to go off, but um, it, it's, it's the Raiders to me still don't feel like a team that should be 6-3. and three. Um, So that probably plays into it too. But yeah, I, I think that is, I think it's a Chiefs game. Yeah, I would... You know what? I'm going to go against the grain here, and I'm going to I'm going to pick the Raiders to win. They have the momentum. They're at home. Um, I think that they can do some damage here and, and win this game. But um, I feel like my, my gut wants to side with you, but just to be annoying, I'm going to side with the Raiders in this one. What uh, What other games have you excited this week? Oh yeah, I think. I mean that that probably. I think there's there's another, one other game this week that has potentially the same level of of divisional and playoff and league implications, um, and that's Arizona and Seattle, and, and they're playing tonight. And Seattle's had a had a bit of a skid here, so so we're sitting with two teams um, at six and three with the the division lead on the line. And, and that makes it a huge game. Arizona's coming off of obviously a very intense win. One that was, I mean, yeah, Hail Mary is kind of fluky. And, and sure, you can, um, you can look at it that way and, and say that they maybe didn't deserve that win. But uh, they still got it. So this game's huge. 
Um, we have two quarterbacks who are really needing to, to step up. We have two defenses that need to continue to play. And um, crazy enough, I mean, the Rams are sitting at six and three as well. The, the winner of this division or this game also isn't safe in the division, right? There's, there's still potential for the Rams to be on top. So um, what a game. And, and I think just two of the more exciting teams in the league as well, on top of all those other storylines. Yeah, absolutely. This is a, it's going to be a fun one to watch. Um, it was, it was really entertaining last time, 37, 34 Cardinals win in Arizona. Now at Seattle, you're right. The Seahawks falling has been quite interesting because I mean, we've talked about that before. Russell Wilson has been carrying this team on his back for a long time and that's no secret. That defense is terrible. A lot of people have been questioning Jamal Adams' effort lately. There was a video I saw on social media quite a bit that was him just not going in on a tackle of Malcolm Brown uh, near the goal line. Is it Malcolm Brown? Is that right? The running back from the Rams there? I feel like I'm saying yeah, the wrong that's name. Him. That's but, him. Yeah, you're good. Okay, perfect. <laughs> awesome. Okay, so I, I'm, I'm starting to question this defense a lot more than I was earlier in the season. Earlier in the season, I was making excuses for them. Now I'm not. So I have to say that um, the fact that the Seahawks are trending down as much as they are, um, much like Russell Wilson's MVP ballot, um, it just, yeah, it leads me to believe that this is a Cardinals team that has the capability to go into Seattle, a normally very intimidating environment with that many fans in there, um, and actually pull out a victory this year. So I think that this is a game where the Cardinals differentiate themselves from the Seahawks and come across the team that has not just a strong offense, but also a strong defense or a defense that's capable of competing. And I think the Seahawks start to fade away from this point on. Yeah, I, I'm, uh, I think I'm prepared to make that pick with you. It, it's hard because Arizona also hasn't necessarily instilled confidence on a week-to-week basis, but um, I, I honestly think that this division, as I'm looking at it right now, because of um, Seattle just kind of yeah being in a in a bit of a skid right now, um, I'm kind of tempted to say this division ends up coming down to the Rams and the Cards, and I think the Cards take this week. And let's talk about that Rams game because they're playing Tampa Bay in what is sure to be another really exciting game. Um, one with again just divisional implications this late in the season. You got the Rams, yeah, potentially vying for first. In the NFC, uh, in the NFC West, and the the Bucks um, now with a with a hobbled Drew Brees, so New Orleans maybe isn't much of a threat. Really having a potential to just grab this division and run away. Yeah, both these teams have um, a great amount of uh, motivation. We'll put it that way: a great amount of motivation um, because of the fact that right now, actually, if we look at the wild card scenario, they're the number one and number two team in the wild card slots. And so I think that both those teams want to fight for the, exactly, like the crown in their division. So it'll be really fun to see that one. I mean, we hear about um, the Buccaneers, and I saw this on social media the other day, thought it was quite funny, but it was like a cycle of what the era, sorry, what the Buccaneers go through. And it's Tom Brady has a great game. People talk about him being the GOAT. They play a good team, a.k.a. the Saints. And for the next week, everyone's talking about him and, and saying that, you know, he's no or he's washed and different things like that. So I'm excited to see if this Buccaneers team is actually hitting a point in time where they're catching their momentum or if they just played a bad Carolina team last week. I think it'll be interesting to see them face the Rams defense that is strong and that does have the capability to stop Tom Brady like we've seen the Saints defense do multiple times this year. So I, I'm really intrigued personally to see the, the kind of game that Tom Brady comes out and has in this one. But um, the Rams offense is proven that they can be effective no matter who their top playmaker is, whether it's Cup, whether it's Woods, whether it's uh, Brown, whether it's Henderson. Um, the reality of it is Goff has played well enough to win this team enough football games to be in a playoff spot. So um, you may not like it, Daniel, but I think I have to side with the Rams this week. I just think their defense is going to have the upper leg on uh, on Brady. Yeah, no, I, I feel like, like you said, every time that I I feel like the Bucks are establishing themselves as a real threat. They get a loss that I just like have a hard time dealing with, right? They, so they started with that loss to the Saints, and they won three in a row against bad teams, Carolina, Denver, the Los Angeles. And then they played the Bears and lost. And yeah, that was at the Bears' peak, but I think we're seeing now the Bears are a bad football team. Then they demolished Green Bay. Uh, they, they beat the Raiders. They beat the Giants who stuck, but like then they lost to New Orleans, 
again. And, and now they managed to just beat up on Carolina, not to mention that loss to the saints was disgusting, right? That was, that was a 38 to three loss. That was one of the most gross games of this season. Um, I still don't, I still don't know who this football team is. And, and it's so hard to talk about them because every time that I start to build them up, they lose. And every time that I start to rip them apart, they go on a winning streak. So, um, yeah, <laughs> I think you're right. I, I think, I think, as I look at the patterns, they're going to beat the Rams, and then they're going to lose next week. Who are they playing next week? They're going to lose. They're Oh, the Chiefs. No, do you know what? They're going to beat the Rams, beat the Chiefs, and then lose to Minnesota and Atlanta coming off their bye week. That's just the type <laughs> of season they've been having. So I think they Walk win just because of the pattern at this point. And I, it's a dumb pick, but I just honestly just feel that way with this team. Everything I say ends up being wrong anyways. Yeah, it's uh, honestly, I, I couldn't agree more. I think that you put that absolutely perfectly that was like poetry um <laughs> and yeah there's a <laughs> there's a, a couple other fun games this week which i don't think we we need to talk about too much but just really excited to watch the titans and the ravens um both those teams have sort of been struggling lately and so it'll be interesting to see um you know which one can bounce back this week against you know a pretty uh tough competition there both good teams in the afc um the packers and colts will be interesting as well aaron Rodgers didn't play outstanding against the Jaguars and of course that was more weather related than anything else so if that Colts defense can stump them like they stumped uh Tannehill last week that'll be a fun one to watch right great offense against great defense um so yeah I have to say Daniel I have no shortage of excitement when it comes to this weekend and some of the implications from these games but um something I'm almost as excited about would have to be fantasy football and uh some of the players that we're thinking of starting this week um I think I'm on like the first, I don't know. I think, I think I've got a four game winning streak in our league, to be honest, ever since I named my team 28 to three and I'm the Pats, <laughs> I don't think I've lost a game. And I, I got to be honest, fantasy football has uh, become a full-time job for me lately. So I'm excited to hear some of your uh, starts for this week. Yeah. Yeah. It's worth noting that this win streak also included beating me this week in a, in a week that uh, I've been just, my running back core is, absolutely screwed and adam stole mike davis for me before i could pick him up with the christian mccaffrey injury so that's a good time adam hates me and and wishes the worst for me so i listen (laughs) to his fantasy picks and probably not mine as you can tell i'm a little bitter about this season anyways um i have two picks one that i think um is a little bit on the obvious side if you're paying attention and uh and well maybe not one that is for me because I need running backs. And one that I think is crazy risky, but is the most Daniel pick you're going to hear. I'm starting with Damian Harris. Uh, Damian Harris, the running back for the Patriots, who um, since he's hit the field this season has been uh, really, really fun to watch. Um, He's been just consistently impressive. And obviously in this horrible split backfield thing that they do, it's really hard to know what he's going to do. But um in the last uh, in the last three games, the least amount of carries he's had is 14. The least amount of yards that he's averaged is just over five. Um, he only has one touchdown in that stretch, which is the issue. But um, if this kid starts scoring, he might suddenly become one of the better uh, backs to start in non PPR leagues, especially because um, he's shown a lot of flash. He's he's I mean, he's gotten me excited as a Patriots fan, and and what felt like a throwaway season, and now feels like maybe we could sneak into the wild card. Uh, Damien Harris is the biggest bright spot. Him and Jacoby Myers on that offense, on the team as a whole. And um, yeah, he's he's definitely worth a look, um, especially if for some reason people haven't picked him up yet in your league. The other one, like I said, the the most Daniel pick that I think we could possibly get. But um, Taysom Hill, <laughs> Drew Brees down. Of course. As far as I know, Taysom Hill is not starting. Uh, I think... My understanding is that the plan is that Jameis Winston will start this week. But when you have Drew Brees on the field, you know, you don't want to take him off. When you have Jameis Winston on the field, you kind of do. And so if there's going to be a time when this team uh, uses and abuses Taysom Hill to the point where he um, can, can put up some impressive stats, it's going to be right now. Um, on the season, nothing crazy. Only five pass attempts to this point. Um, 34 rushing attempts, which is awesome six catches, only two touchdowns, but it feels like now could be the time. And, and fantasy football is so touchdown dependent. And in the game against Atlanta, who we know is not a great football team, I think Taysom Hill could score twice. I think with some, with some creativity, maybe some touchdown passes, maybe some, who knows, but I think we're going to see him 
uh, definitely make some plays, especially after Jameis throws his fourth or fifth pick. And the interesting thing is I, I felt like there was a point in time when fantasy where Taysom Hill could be um, like a flex player as well, or like a, a receiver tight end as opposed to just a quarterback. So that was, I actually don't know. Is he just listed at QB or I, I do some um, fantasy ones let him be listed at other positions? I know at one point they were letting him be listed as a running back. I don't know if that's the case right now. I'm not sure as well. In our in our fantasy league, it looks like he is just a quarterback, and I'm going to okay. look in my other league to see if that's the case as well. But you're right. So then uh, let me put, interesting a, put a quick caveat on. This has to be like a two, like a, a 12-team, two-QB league, right, where you're just needing to kind of get someone who might put up some points. But that's almost unfair that Taysom Hill is listed as a quarterback. That's just – that's not okay. <laughs> It'd be nice if you could put him in a different role for sure. Um, all right. Okay, I'm going to give my fantasy picks, and uh, I've been on a hot streak lately, so maybe listen, maybe don't. Maybe this is the week where my hot streak goes away. But I have to say, the, the number one player that I'm most excited about this week when it comes to fantasy football is Kalen Balazs. Um, if you've heard of him, maybe you have, maybe you haven't. Um, he's been playing very well in that backfield uh, of the Chargers that we talked about a bit earlier. Um, one of those guys that might still be available in your uh in your free agents uh, or gosh what am i trying to say maybe available from a free agency perspective and i don't necessarily think he's going to put up amazing numbers for you but i think against the jets uh, i believe one of his former teams that he has a chance to go off this week the chargers are most likely going to hold the lead most likely going to have the ability to run the clock out at the end of the game and so i believe that um the chargers are willing to give him the ball over the last couple games he's had 15 carries and 18 carries for 69 yards and 68 yards. So I take back my, he's playing very well, but since they're playing the Jets, um, it's got me very excited that he's going to have a great week and get a lot of touches. So I'd highly consider him or some of the others playing in the Chargers backfield as well. But I think that he'll be the leader of that crop. And the other, um, I'm going to say unit that I'm excited about is the Los Angeles Rams defense against Tampa Bay. This is a bit more risky, but we've seen that Los Angeles Rams defense put up a lot of, uh, great games this year. I remember I had them against the Bears a couple weeks back, and they actually won the week for me. I was super pumped. Um, so honestly, if you if you need a defense and they're available in free agency, I'd highly recommend giving them a shot. I think the Tampa Bay Bucks, we have seen them be a little bit uh, sketchy, like Daniel mentioned earlier. So I do think that there's the potential that the Rams could benefit from uh, a couple mistakes on Tom Brady's part this week. So if you're absolutely desperate for a defense, I think that it's it's time that you take a flyer on on them, but um, yeah, a, a little bit risky picks this week, but uh, the momentum's going to my head, and, and clearly, I'm willing to take risks. So then, besides fantasy picks, what about what about going into Week 11? Um, you know, who is going to be your your star player, the guy who steps up, makes the plays in the big moments, and, and helps the team um, come out with a victory this week? Um, you know what? This one was honestly not that tough. And I don't know if that's because I'm not thinking about it as much as I should, but I have to say DeAndre Hopkins against that Seahawks defense. It's absolutely abysmal. Um, it's really tempting. I, I don't know how not to look at him and, and say that he's going to be the player of the week this week. I don't know. Is that too obvious, Daniel, or, or who did you go with this week? Who are you thinking? Yeah. DeAndre Hopkins is obviously an incredible pick. Uh, he's been having just such a good season with Kyler Murray, as we noted earlier. Um, I just wanted to to be different, so I I made a different pick okay. and a pick that I that I still think is really good. Um, it's Week Eleven, and uh, and Week Eleven means one thing. Uh, that means that that it's Derrick Henry season. It's time that Derrick Henry starts doing <laughs> crazy crazy things with the football because he starts to peak late in the season. And that's not even to say that he's had a has a has had a bad season to this point. He has. Um, He's averaging actually more yards per carry, or no, sorry, more yards per game than he was last season, a little bit less per attempt, but has eight touchdowns, nine weeks in, 946 yards. Um, Tennessee's been using him a lot, and I think they're going to obviously continue to going into this week, and I I think he could come out with an absolutely massive game as they they play against Baltimore. They're they're obviously needing to come out with a win here. Baltimore has been on a skid, and um, yeah, just, He's, he's going to touch the ball a lot, and I think he's going to make a ton of plays within his hand because the best way to stop Baltimore is to keep him off the field. Yeah. And 
Damian Harris is no Derrick Henry, and Damian Harris had an outstanding game against the Ravens this past week. So completely Somehow agree. That's a really goodness. What's that? The Patriots beat the Ravens. Like yeah. I, the fact that we didn't talk about that as a story is uh I think it might be more of a comment on the fact that I think well, I don't know, we haven't talked about it. I think that win was a massive fluke. I still don't think the Patriots are good, but I, I think the weather was a huge benefit. Lamar Jackson couldn't play to the degree that he normally does just because I, I don't think that his footing was all that great. Um, so I think that that eliminated the greatest part of his threat. Um, but yeah, it was a really interesting win on the part of the Patriots. And I, I don't know, honestly, Cam feels like he's getting back to the point that he was at before testing positive for COVID. So quite honestly, I'm not getting my hopes up, but if they do continue this momentum, they're going to be a really fun football team to watch and one that we'll talk about down the stretch. But um, Daniel, I, I feel like we can't stray too far from Lamar Jackson when we talk about your prediction for the struggle of the week this week. Why Why is Lamar Jackson in that category for you? Yeah, and I mean, I've been essentially only critical of Lamar this entire season. I've just been so underwhelmed week after week, and it, I just, I don't know, man. I, I'm I'm not calling last year a fluke. I've said it a few times. He's been still fine this year especially as a runner he's still been relatively good but just Lamar it's like teams have figured him out and, and week after week I'm kind of expecting him to you know have that breakout game to make a statement and it's it's just you know not happening so as I look at this game with Tennessee and um, they're in a situation where yeah they're they're six and three they're in the list of, of teams sitting at this record no their defense is not spectacular but I think if Derrick Henry has the game that I know he can uh, Lamar's not going to get to see the field very much and the way that he's been playing if he's not on the field very much there's just there's not going to be a lot of potential for big plays from him hmm. yeah no that's a good point if he's not on the field he can't make big plays and his arm hasn't been great right like that's something that you and i've both criticized for a long time in addition to you know the criticism that we've had over the course of this year and his inability to win games against good teams like when we talked about him losing to or them losing to the steelers it's not just him but yeah i completely agree there's a lot of reasons to be sort of pessimistic about his season this year and i don't think that it's uh it's un unwarranted i think that it's it is kind of a reason to be concerned as a ravens fan this year but um I'm going to stay away from the, the Ravens when we're talking about the struggle of the week. And I'm going to go actually to the Colts defense. I mentioned it earlier that I was quite excited for the Packers. And I mean, a great offense against a great defense. Um, typically, it is the defense that wins. So I know that I'm going against the grain here as well. But I have to say, I'm super excited for the Green Bay Packers offense and everything that they're doing. Uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling had an amazing touchdown this past week against the Jaguars and kind of yucky weather at Lambeau there. So I'm excited for what Devontae Adams can do, um, Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams, um, and then uh, Alan Lazard is back this week as well, it looks like. So I think that Aaron Rodgers with his full threat uh, or full set of weapons, full set of threats, um, will be quite dominant over this Colts defense. And I think it's the first time that we'll see this Colts defense get... Um, I don't want to say ripped apart, but I just I think that we'll see some weakness from them, and so um, I don't think that it's too long that they live atop the uh, the AFC South there after this week. Yeah, that's very fair. Um, I think that that division is is going to be an absolute dogfight going into the end, especially if you know we get a Tennessee win and a, and an Indy loss this week. Tennessee um, is is really starting to, to hit their stride at the right time, so. Yeah, that might that might be uh, kind of a huge storyline after this week is, is seeing that division finish out. But we're going into week 11. And, oh, sorry, what were you going to say? No, I was just going to say that uh, I remember talking about the, how well we thought these teams are going to do earlier in the season. And I think, I can't remember who it was, whether it was you or I, that thought that the Colts would be, you know, in the position that they are right now. So I think that that's one team that, has done quite well and that we maybe haven't talked about as much as we probably should have. But um, I just want to say that, well, I criticize that Colts team and don't think they'll have a great week against Green Bay. Like I do think that they'll ultimately win that division. They have been a great team there. So um, that'll be something to talk about in future weeks though. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. They're, um, yeah, their, their defense has been 
good enough to to just continue to to pay attention to them right it, it's something you can't ignore so so then heading into into week 11 there were what i think week six you and i were just like well uh this season's not going to finish and um it I think it is. <laughs> I think we're gonna we're gonna see someone crowned a Super Bowl champion this season. We're gonna see, um, you know, an MVP, a comeback player of the year in this very strange season, and and hopefully it's the only season we ever have to deal with that's this way. But um, yeah, it's. I think, and I, you know, maybe I'm crazy. I feel like I feel this way every year, maybe. But um, there's been a lot of just like surprises, teams that no one really expected to to be anything that have you know not just gone on streaks but have really consistently been good good football teams so who knows what the what the playoff picture could look like it's i think it's going to come down to a lot more than yeah just kind of six teams vying at the top or i guess seven teams vying at the top i think there's going to be some some real fights for these playoff spots in these last uh six weeks of the season yeah i agree and I think that ultimately one team from the NFC East will actually make it to the playoffs. So that's also something to look forward to over the last seven <laughs> weeks of the season. None of them deserve it, but one of them will. And <laughs> we'll, we'll, yeah. we'll be able to talk about that continuing disappointment. At some point, we'll break down that division and uh, I'll just, you know, quietly weep in the background as we have to deal with all that garbage. But who knows? Maybe it's next week. Maybe it's the week after. You'll have to tune in to find out. And of course, you can tune in next week.